Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Hey, good morning, everyone. It is amazing to see you in the room and online. Today is continuing the series Purpose. And I think we've all wondered at times, what is my purpose? Today culminates in a way that it's very easy to know our purpose because no matter what we do, we do everything for God. I didn't understand this most of my life. In fact, where we spend one-third of our life is where? This is, this is a tough one. You know where we spend one-third of our life? Where? Work. I jumped into the work game trying to do the least amount of work for the most amount of pay. That was the goal. So I'm cleaning cars at 15. My dad gives me an opportunity, new car lot. Well, they got conversion vans with the TV in it. And no one's going to notice in a place of 100 plus employees where the little car porter kind of just isn't found for a few hours. And him and his buddy go in the conversion van and, you know, take a little nap. Well, we get found. Why? Because I was just trying to do the least amount of work for the most amount of pay. How sad. And then God gets a hold of my life. And I remember I'm selling cars. The irony, the full circle. And the Lord kept asking me a question. Will you work here for the rest of your life? I'm like, (laughs) anywhere but here, God. Not because I was mad at selling cars or even mad for my boss. It's just not what I thought I would be doing with my purpose of why I was born on earth. But yet, I really believe it was fundamental to answer that question from the depths of my soul. That eventually, six months of being asked the same question, I'm standing out in the middle of the lot. And I start bawling. And I look up to God. I said, God, I'll work here for the rest of life, my life if you want me to. And it was almost like he just said, yep, that's the point. And then that led me into a new season. I was on the phone with a preacher once, and he says to me, so hey, what are you, what are you doing with your life? And I said, oh, I, I can't wait to get into full-time ministry. He goes, whoa, what are you doing right now? I'm selling cars. He goes, that's full-time ministry. And see, I might have answered that with my head, but my heart wasn't connected. So there was a transformation that needed to happen for me. So I ask you the question, when you think of work and when you think of your job, what do you think of? Colossians 3 puts it this way. Verse 17, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Today is titled, Put That Armor Down. Put That Armor Down. Pete Scazzaro says that the theology of work is like discovering a new continent. When we get awakened to it, that God wants us to do everything for him in his name and giving thanks to him, we no longer see it as a swear word, but we see it as delightful, not duty, 
not hard or heavy. But a lot of our lives are hard and heavy, aren't they? Jesus says this, come to me. Come to me. Okay. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke. Yoke is a tool that would go on top of the ox and you'd be yoked together and they'd have to go and work side by side and plow the field. And Jesus is saying, hey, what I'm going to put on you, my yoke, well, you think the king of the universe, Jesus himself, if there's any one yoke that can do anything they want, is it going to be hard and heavy? He says, take up my yoke and learn from me. So he's our rabbi. He's our master. He's our teacher. Because I am lowly and humble in heart. Because when you're connected with Jesus, you start to then be connected with his heart and his purpose. His purpose is he's lowly and he's humble. And you will find rest for your souls. Not just your hands. Not just your emotions, not just your mind, but your soul at a deep breath level even. Souls. Jesus looks to give us rest because he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is who Jesus is. And going all the way back to the beginning, that when we're in Jesus, we are then restored to vocation, what is called as work. God's original plan. Too often what we're doing is we're talking about what Satan is doing or what has happened bad in the world. We all fall victim of this. But God from the jump has a good plan and he created everything and he saw it was very what? Thank you. The two. He saw it was very what? There you go. Shout out to Tess. Genesis 1. I like how the New King James Version puts it. First Bible I ever read was a New King James Version. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion like to rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image because God knows how to get stuff done. And when we're created in his image... He's over us, and look, then he created them male and female. He created them, then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Have babies. Have kids. Populate the earth. It goes on, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion or rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, humans, we haven't done the best job, have we? Why? I mean, I, I don't know at what level, um, you know, the climate uh, impact is real or not. And I know there's much thought on it. But I know enough to know that if I just look at my footprint of how much trash I use, like, oh, I'm not sure I'm always stewarding, thinking through, like, dang, I got one planet. You know? Like, I'm not always thinking through that when I buy another thing. But I'm called to be over this earth, and so are you. But where does this umbrella come from? In Genesis 1, it's reminded us, so picture an umbrella, 
that we are under and we're doing this for God. He created us to be like him, but ultimately we're under him. We're doing this for him as we take dominion. So to do, the first two letters of dominion is D-O. So we're going to dominate. We're going to take dominion over. So if you remember one thing today, when you think of do, every day, I'm going to be under God, but I'm going to take dominion over. What a crazy cool opportunity we have. So we don't have to spell work this way with an asterisk symbol in it. It's not a swear word. It's not. It's not a swear word. Work is good. Well, how did we get here to feel like it's hard and heavy? Well, then we go to Genesis 3. Y'all still with me? All right, we're going somewhere logically because ultimately, I hope by the end of this, we'll just ask our question to ourself, am I working for God? Am I working with God? And here's where the pressure comes in. He said to the woman, I'll intensify your labor pains. This is after the fall. They ate from the one tree. God told them to rule over all of this earth and don't touch this one place. When God gives us a one rule, we should listen. But our flesh, it wants to go in different ways. He says, you will bear children in, with painful effort. Being in a labor room, it is painful effort. It's a shout out to all the ladies who have had a kid and then they listen to the men complain about pain. <laughs> your desire will be for your husband, yet he will rule over you. Another topic, another day, verse 17. And he said to the man, which guys, we use that in such a domineering way. That's not, no. Supposed to be equal in worth, different in authority. Because you listen to your wife, now God's holding the guys accountable. You listen to your wife and you ate from the tree about which I commanded you. Do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. This is why it feels hard and heavy. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field plants of the field think of this for a moment so which one is it is it god gave us dominion to rule over that it was good in the beginning or is it now painful friend if you know jesus jesus is restoring us back to what vocation was supposed to be about that it was good it was for god it was with god and there is a burden and a, and a toil to it. But when we give it to Christ, we are now then in his yoke, in his rest, in his freedom, in his power, in his peace. This is so, this is a game changer. This is that other continent. What if it's less about what you're doing, but it's more who you're doing it with and for? Whatever you do, you do for Jesus. In word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. We're blessed to have choices. Some places, there's no choices at all. We drive by help wanted galore coming out of the pandemic right now, right? But what scripture is meaning is, not where do I work? What am I so excited about? What scripture is saying is, no matter what you're doing, you do it for God. 
No matter what you're doing, you do it for God. No matter what you're doing, you do it for God. That's humble pie. I'm not hating on the unions. They were created for good things and for good reasons. But I thought it was interesting because here I get saved. I'm so excited to work now. Starting to, man, God, you gave me new life. (laughs) I can go to work and I'm working for you. I'm trying to work enthusiastically as the living living translation puts it. I'm trying to work for the Lord, whatever I do. And we took this little job downtown. It was a temp job. It was 10 bucks an hour, me and my buddy. And we're taking down Hayworth uh, office equipment stuff, which is pretty dangerous. You, you take it apart. It's the office cubicles. It's got really sharp kind of metal points that connect it. And then we're wrapping it because this floor in a downtown building is being then renovated. So all of the office cubicles got to be removed. And this old head comes up to us. I can say old head because yesterday uh, our second oldest uh, our second oldest was saying, hey, old dude, you ain't got a jump shot anymore. I was like, call me old dude again. You're going to get wrecked, all right? So this old head, uh, in, the, in the spirit of kind of yesterday, how I'm getting made fun of, he comes up to me and he goes, hey, young bucks, y'all are working too hard. What do you mean? You're going to work us out of a job. Slow down. Why don't you guys find some place to hang out? We're like, are you serious? Yeah, I don't care if you take a nap. Just slow down. And maybe your experience with the union is different, but that's my experience over and over and over. It's like, hey, how do we do the least amount of work for the most amount of pay? Now, I know there's exceptions to the rule, but I think what is happening is there's a real crisis going on in our jobs that we don't understand. And where this is most convicting is it's not for the world. It's for Christians. We're lazy. We're sloppy. We don't work for the, we like, we're, we're complainers. We grumble. It happens all the time. We're like, yo, if I'm not getting paid, I don't play. Whatever we do. If you got an issue, take this up with God. Colossians 3 is real or it's not. That's why in the internship, we can really expose motives more than anything. When we ask someone to just go do an anonymous, obscure job that you, you don't get paid for. And then you watch every family member be like, how are you working for the church? What are you getting paid? Well, you're learning something that you can't learn on a job site. You're learning that everything we do is for God. And we would pay to play because to work for him is the greatest thing this world's ever seen. So therefore, there's stories like when I think of Brother Jorge, who's been at Myers now close to 30 years. We're going to go back. We shot a couple of videos a few years ago with Jorge and Trina and just to show us that work really is good. There's no disconnect between church service and work. Check these videos out. I've been working at Meyer for over 25 years, and I've learned so many things from so many different people about myself and about them. Myers has been nothing but a blessing to me in my life. I get to learn from other people, interact with my coworkers, pray while I'm working, give God praise. I've had so many amazing conversations with so many people. There are so many different kind of people walking around in Meyer from all kinds of different countries. It's pretty awesome. My name is Jorge, and I believe work is good. Being a single parent at 15 years old, many thought I'd be a statistic. With the help and prayers of good parents, I vowed to myself that I would work hard and raise my kids strong. That is what happened, by God's grace. 
I have been able to obtain a master's degree, raise my family with God's lead, raise foster kids, and help with grandkids. It's truly amazing. Now I get to work in the Lansing Inner City Schools. I am often the one showing the kids tough love. I sometimes put up a mean front, but I have a soft side to me. It's all worth it to see the kids do better in school and life. My name is Trina, and I believe work is good. um, Our mission here is this. Love the city one life at a time. Our vision, though, is the good news. So the glimpse is that the good news has transformed us and the kingdom is in us. The kingdom has come in Jesus. That we're restored to vocation. So when we think of sacred versus secular, there is no place or person that God has not now deemed as someone who's a candidate to come into the kingdom or a place that is now holy ground because Jesus has bought all authority with his life, his finished work on the cross. So everything is sacred to God's original intent and design. Now, is there distortion and perversion by the enemy? Absolutely, right? You can take a good thing and use it for bad, evil intentions. But may we start to see the connection that we are love the city one life at a time. One of the first things we try to tell people is this. They're like, well, what do you do at City Life? What do you do? They're like, oh, I work in Meyer. Yep, that's what we do at City Life. What? They're like, what do you guys do? Well, we could talk about a Sunday morning experience. We could talk about groups and Love the City events. But those are things corporately we do. But there's a me do that your purpose is whatever you do, you are carrying God's love into the regions you're in. That as you are going, that you are loving the one and that they're seeing you love the one in such a way that gives God glory because you're giving God thanks along the way. Does that mean you'll be perfect? Heck no. (laughs) In fact, you need to tell them, yo, I messed up. Some days I get angry. I can't stand the boss today. I wish I had more pay. But you know what? I'm trying to submit to Christ. That'll be attractive. You guys, we get the greatest opportunity that no matter where we're going, that God wants to use us. Imperfect people through our workplaces where we'll spend one third of our lifetime to spend it with God because work is worship. Now there's a filter. Okay, how do I know if I'm doing the right thing? Do we got, uh, do we have that picture? Is there like a picture of a circles, skill, passion? Okay, so let me uh, try to draw this real quick. It, picture three circles. There's skill, there's opportunity, and then there is passion. And if you see three circles where they overlap, picture in the center. So do I have the skills for my job? Do I have opportunity that, that I could actually be a candidate? Or, and do I have passion? Now, in some regions, you're never allowed different opportunities. So you never get to find out even what you're passionate about. And then you just develop the skills accordingly. You have to think about this from a global perspective for a moment. Because when God's calling us whatever we do, it's an honor that we even get to ask God, hey, where would you want me? Because so many followers of Jesus Christ across the world, they don't get to decide. 
They don't have an opportunity. And they never even got to discover their passions. So when we have an eternal perspective, of course, then, then therefore, now today I'm thinking, what, what God, where do you want me? First, where he wants you, I, I, I believe this to be true. He wants you to bloom where you're planted. And then along the way, you can ask, hey, what's my passions? What opportunities are out there? And do I have the skills? So example, um, I don't have an opportunity to play in the NBA. I do not have the skills to play in the NBA. Uh, but I did have the passion. So I probably shouldn't try to do it at 41 years of age and, be, uh, uh, and trying to be a good dad still. Hey, kids, we're going to have a meeting tonight. What, so I just want to follow my passion, my purpose on earth uh, that I believe. And everyone's like, okay, what is that? What is that, dad? Uh, well, I'm just going gonna, gonna to re-up. I'm going to go after my dream of being in the NBA. Sounds funny, but the truth is, sometimes we're doing the same thing. Maybe you don't have the skills. Be humble enough to say you don't. Maybe the opportunity's passed, or maybe it's not there because you're missing a new opportunity. And even though you have the passion, maybe it's not what God wants you to do or not. Maybe sometimes it just looks like selling cars. Sorry if that feels like buzzkill. You're like, who brought him to the party? <laughs> Bring out another keg. Get him out of here. But think about it. It really is whatever we do. So why do we do something? Here could be a few things to think of. Let's have purity in our purpose. Motives really do matter. It's been said that we should work to learn, not work to earn. How do I hit my job with curiosity? How do I learn from my coworkers? How do I learn from my bosses? How do I learn from the people I'm leading? And you might say, well, I don't have a job nine to five, so to say. We all have a job somewhere. Scripture has a lot to say, and a lot of times we're not working to learn, we're working to earn because of our love for money. Hey, why do you work here? Well, it pays really well. Mm, shallow. Be careful, because the love of money is the root to all kinds of evil. Money is not evil. Money is not evil. Get a lot of it. If you're righteous, get a lot of it. Sow a lot of it. We'd love to transform the city, the 517 and the world together. I, I, I want you to be prosperous, but not at the expense of your soul. Amen? Not at the expense of your soul. Now, Paul's got a lot of a theology on this. In 1 Corinthians 9, he says, hey, I labored day and night. Why? So that you would know Jesus Whatever we do in Proverbs, it continues, it says, hey, the one who works his land will have plenty of food. Proverbs continues, it says, hey, go to the ant, you slacker. Observe its ways and you'll become wise. 2 Thessalonians 3, if anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. Parents, you can use that one today. Okay. There's that time this summer we took a little trip to Ohio, a real rural region, and we pull up, we're in Amish country, these little tiny kids wearing uh, some overalls, and one had to been all of five, five years old. He's got a hammer in his hand, and our baby of the family, Neil, he looks over, cutest voice ever, he goes, that little boy's building a house. <laughs> and so now it is, when they won't take out the trash, we're like, remember the Amish boys? Yo, they're out here crushing us, you better, come on. And if you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> no, you know. 
But there is a truth to that. Can you hear it a little bit? What a time. We want the food sometimes without the work. Instead of seeing work as good, it's a blessing. Waking up with a pep in our step. God, thank you today. Today is a day you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm making a choice. To remember my identity is not defined in what I do, but whose I am, so therefore I'm going to do, and that my feelings now fall in line. So my purpose isn't less about how I feel. It's more about flowing from who I am, so therefore I do. This is, this is a game changer. Game changer. Let's do a ride-along this week. Examples. If you're a carpenter, you do it to the Lord. If you're a factory worker in the assembly line, you're whistling while you work to the Lord. In the medical field, first responders, whether you're a nurse, nurse's assistant, or just the front desk, you're doing it to the Lord. If you're security, you're taking it so seriously. I mean, you're, was it, Paul Blart, mall cop on steroids to Jesus. You know, night at the museum for Jesus. For Jesus. We sometimes have ranking. We think, oh, that person's special. They got a better title. No, we're royal priesthood. We're king's kids. Whether we're sweeping streets or we're in the White House, we're doing it for Jesus. Catch this, catch this. It will transform our lives. Whatever we do. So then the natural question, worship team, if you guys could come up front. Why is this named? Okay, for a moment. Why is this name put that armor down? We're going to get to that. The question would be, all right, no days off. Do I work so hard? I thought God gives me rest. Yep. Remember that song they sang at the beginning? It's called Egypt. It's called Egypt because the story is that God's people were in slavery hundreds of years. Working, 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 working. And finally, Exodus takes place. God sets his people free. And he gives them this gift. You know what the gift is? Sabbath. Sabbath what? Rest. To remember that I'm not defined by what I do. Thank you, God. You've taken me out. To reflect, wow, God, I, I made some mistakes this week, but I trust that you can fill in the gaps. And also to recharge. Sabbath is an intentional thing we get. It's, you know, keep the Sabbath holy. Ten commandments. Maybe some of us, we need to do a little bit more Sabbath research. Maybe we've been working too hard. Others, we've been just entering a place of rest without working at all. The powerful thing is when we're working with Jesus is now we're resting in him. And then he provides intentional rest as we make a choice to enter in his finished work, the Sabbath. There's a powerful story of David when he goes to slay Goliath. But David is introduced into the scene by working when no one's looking. And David has been tending sheep, little shepherd boy. And he'd been fighting off predators coming to try to kill the sheep. So he had been working with God when no one was looking. So he started to know his own style, know his own way. And then he decides to go fight the Philistine, Goliath. We pick up the story in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, verse 32. It said, David said to Saul, 
Don't let anyone be discouraged by him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. But Saul replied, Saul being the king of the time, if anyone who's supposed to be ready to do some work should be Saul. He says, hey, you can't go fight this Philistine. You're just a youth. And he's been a warrior since he was a young. David answered Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. I've been working, y'all. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb with the flock, I went after and I struck it down. And I've rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it is reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. So David is making much of God, that God had been working with him when no one was looking, that he's seen God show up and develop his skill set, that now it is about to be on full display. Then David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion in the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, fine, go and may the Lord be with you. So there's a task that needs to be done. David's saying, I'm so confident in how God has been leading me when nobody was looking because I've been working in silent that nobody saw. That now, hey, I'm willing to step up because of God. So Saul prays over him. May the Lord be with you. Then Saul had all of his military clothes put on David because he wants to put him in the best position and to win. Hey, why don't you wear my military clothes? He put on a bronze helmet on David's head and he had him put on an armor. David strapped his sword on, on over the military clothes and then he tried to walk. But he was not used to them because that's not the job that God had called him to do. So what he does is he says, I can't walk in these. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. Instead, he took up his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from, from the what, the wadi? It's translation. And put them in the pouch in his shepherd's bag. Then with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. What's the point? Put that armor down and pick up yours. Yeah, your dad did work one way. Cool. Your mom did work one day. Cool. Your cousin, your job even, does work one way. How do you do work? Have you been doing it with the father when nobody's looking? Where are you at in whatever you do? <laughs> when you think a job today, are you convicted? Are you inspired? Are you challenged? What, what kind of head trash do we need to get out of us? And what, what kind of the, the Egypt, the, the, the stress, the toils do we need to get out of us to let Jesus in to give us rest, to restore vocation? Put that armor down and pick up yours. The worship team's gonna lead us and they're just gonna sing. And the invitation is simple to think, where am I at with the head trash of work? Am I overthinking? Do I complain a lot? Do I think the best days are behind me? And to get a glimpse that the vision and whatever you do, you do it under God and for God.
that we would be like the Jorge. I get to pray while I'm stocking shelves. Friend, that inspires me. Like Trina, hey, I, I beat the odds. Sometimes it's tough love to the kids. But I don't want to be somebody who's sleeping in the conversion van. You know? I want to be somebody that's remembering the precious, priceless gift that I have to take dominion, to do, over everything that I'm a part of. If you close your eyes for a moment and be honest with, between God and yourself, where are you at with work? Where are you at with purpose? Did you think the purpose is somewhere out there? Did you think that, man, I got to discover it? It's in some dream that I've yet to be fulfilled. It's in some MBA mirage. Instead of like, in whatever I do, I do it for God. And today, God, take the junk out of us. Give us the heart like David that we trust you. The way you've crafted me to do everything I do for the glory of you. And if you're listening to the sound of my voice right now, and you don't know Jesus, Jesus on the cross, he uttered tetelestai, and that meant it's finished. He finished. He paid the price for our sins. And where he ended is so that you and I can begin and have new life. But we got to humble ourselves and say, God, forgive me, make me brand new. When you pray that, he makes you brand new. And he starts to then restore the natural order of his intent for what we will do on this planet. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Let's sing. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected.